Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 74 of the Hardly Millennial Podcast, where we are young, dumb, and full of ideas, opinions, opinions. You got that wrong, (laughs) Justin. How fucking dare you? Gotta shake it up a little bit. Okay, okay, fine. You never shake up the intro. Never. Don't you ever, look at me, don't you ever do that again. Thank you. Appreciate it. Love you, though. Devil emoji, angel emoji. (laughs) Eggplant? With the squirty <laughs> drops. Well, I'm Matthew Lynn. <laughs> I'm Adam Hansen. And I am Justin Lunsford. <laughs> and uh, welcome, guys. Uh, so to get to get started today, Justin had a question he wanted to present to us on this podcast. He's a little worried because it's something we've talked about before, but I told him don't fucking worry about it. We do a podcast every day. Sometimes you're going to be redundant. So I'm worried. You never know what you're going to get with this guy. Uh, Oh, goodness. (laughs) You sure don't. (laughs) Ask the question, Justin. Yeah, so it's kind of a scenario, I guess. How would you react, react in a certain scenario? Okay. And really, it's when, when two people meet, whether they're older or younger, doesn't matter. Um, they're a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and upon meeting each other, you kind of, you feel that out, you date, you establish, and then you decide you're going to be together. A lot can happen, you know, in 5, 10, 20 years, and people can legitimately become different people. Right. You know, they just, they're different experiences. So... I mean, whether it be physically or, you know, politically or anything like that, at what point does it go from we have to make this work to I'm just not as into as I used to be for these several different reasons? So do you ask them to change? Do you just jump ship? Like, so is this in this scenario do you still love this person, but you just can't relate to them? Or are you referring to like, you have fallen out of love with this person because of the differences? Just imagine this person's great, except I just can't handle that. So like, let here, let's take physically, for example. Okay. Two people meet, they're rather fit or whatever. Okay. Well, you know, one of them gets, severely overweight they just get very very uncomfortable in their in their relationship Uh everything's good they don't go really go out anymore they don't have to really please or uh, appeal to anybody and one of them gets really big and the other says you know you know i love you so i want you to be healthy we have to like get this together and make this better uh-huh and they say yeah yeah totally you know let's do it and then eventually you realize it's just not a priority for this person uh-huh to get themselves together and it really bothers you so i will when is it okay to say i'm leaving you because you've changed this way and i don't like it i would say after you have explored all avenues so like you so you've personally done everything within your power to try to get this person to change so maybe that includes you guys you know just in this particular hypothetical you guys you know you signed up for you know something like orange theory right where you have Mm. to go every you know monday and wednesday to do this or you're you know making the effort to be healthier yourself so that they can adhere to that lifestyle with you but I mean, if you if you've tried everything and this person 
just isn't getting over it, well, you know, at some point, maybe that conversation needs to be had. But I think it should be met with warning also, though. So if you oh, find yourself sure. exploring all the avenues and then you, sit, you at one point you should sit down with that person and say, like, look, like this is something that really bothers me. Get your shit together or this isn't going to work. And then at that point, if nothing's getting resolved, well, you know, that might your answer might be made for you at that point. I just see a lot of people who really insist that you, especially if it's a physical attraction thing, that you're just an asshole if you leave. Mm -hmm. You can't just leave somebody when they are not, you know, appealing to you physically anymore. And I, I think you can leave somebody if they're not appealing to you physically anymore. Well, I mean, I would say, I mean, from experience, uh, there have definitely been people I have dated whom got less attractive after I was, you know, after we were dating, just because of, like, the comfortability that you were talking about, uh-huh. you know, and to be honest, at least for me, they're, how attracted I was to them didn't necessarily go down because they themselves aesthetically became less attractive because it was somebody whom I really liked, you mm-hmm. know, or loved at the time. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think if you truly love somebody, that wouldn't be an issue. And like in the regards to, of like the physicality, in my opinion, it's, it's one of those things of like, what's the con, you know, like what's the intent behind it? You know, do you, do you want them to be healthier because you want them to be more aesthetically pleasing to you? Well, yeah. Or do you, you want them to be healthier for the sake of being healthier? Well, the argument is not about the, whether or not they're actually healthy. It's about the fact you know, that you are physically attracted to them or not. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, let's let's say it's... But then you can use the argument, let's say it's just a natural age thing, right? So let's say that they have, you know, lived a relatively healthy lifestyle or, or whatever lifestyle they were living hasn't changed at all. And just with age, they're starting to become less attractive because of, you know, just... Uh, bad bad genes right at at Mm -hmm. that point is that a viable decision to be able to make i feel like that's going that's taking it to a little bit of an extreme only because at that point the other person will have also aged i'm talking about somebody is just not physically attractive anymore so sure if both people are old i'm leaving you because i'm not attracted to you anymore because you're an old lady i mean i just don't want to be with you anymore so you, is, you think that's okay? Well, I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to decide. If someone is not attracted to you, they shouldn't be with you. I think that a lot of relationships, almost all relationships that span like years and years, um, they all encounter periods of like boredom or one party or both parties changing and kind of falling out of a love in love with each other. And I think that most relationships need some kind of outside factor to keep them together. I think like the three big ones were for our grandparents and before it was social factors. It was, you would be judged by society if you split up. So they stayed together for that. I think the other two big ones are kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you got to stay together for the kids. Um, And then I had another one too. I forgot the one, but it doesn't matter. Basically there needs to be an outside factor that's like keeping you guys together so that when you feel like you're kind of ready to give up, something else keeps you going and gets Mm -hmm. you through that. Cause usually later on 
you get over it and you no longer feel like giving up. You just need something to push you through that lull. Um, so I think if you can't find that outside factor, then you're pretty much going to be doomed to kind of like crumble from within to not be like too metaphorical, but no, I'm, it's, it's going to, it's going to break down eventually if you don't have something holding it together. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with that, but one issue I hold with that. I oh, think... religion was the other one. Kids oh, religion. and then religion. Sometimes okay. you stay together because you get married religious and it's belief. religious right. belief. Yeah. So something like that. Okay. So, like the, so the issues, and I think you and I talked about this on a podcast once, Justin, is to me, the, the question is, like, so like I agree with you, Matthew, that when you hit those lulls, you know, especially if you've been with somebody for a while, that's definitely something you should work through, regardless if it's something due to physicality right. or personality, whatever it is. <laughs> but the lulls but, well, are... But that's, but that's yeah. the question, though, is how long do you try to deal with the lull before you decide that the relationship is no longer going to work? Because I, I have certainly seen plenty of relationships where, and I think we all have, right. You know, mm-hmm. where the girl or guy are staying with the other person and all they do is what complain to their friends, you know, every single well, time you're with and them that's about not how fair horrible the relationship did. is. Yeah. You only have one life to live. Mm-hmm. So it's a balancing act of, you have to do what it takes to keep this relationship going because you love this person. Right. But you also only have one life. Mm-hmm. And if you're wasting all of your good years and you're not completely happy, then that's not fair to anyone either. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, we touched a little bit on physical and like, I guess just the overall concept. But what about things like a disease? Or an injury. Mm. Ooh, you're going to be super duper judged by everyone if you leave someone right, after so, that. But, but I think that happens all the time. It's it's funny you bring that up, though, because I, I do have a couple of friends of mine who are actually in that situation where their significant other has some kind of health disease that they didn't have when they got into the relationship yeah, or got that's married. Rough, and now they are. So now they have to deal with it, right? So I... <laughs> I I think have very unpopular beliefs as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. I think it is not something that you signed up for. Mm-hmm. And I personally, like, if I was with, if I got married to somebody and all of a sudden I got diagnosed with, with something that basically means, you know, I can, like, do hardly anything, right? Or constantly mm-hmm. medical attention, right. whatever it is, mm-hmm. is I personally would not want that girl to stay with me because I would know this isn't what she signed up for. And it's not, and yeah, Yeah, it's it's not her job to take care of me. But what if she truly loves you and says, you talk to her about it and Mm -hmm. she says, I fully accept that Adam and I want to stay. I, I think at first I would argue against it. If it was something that she still felt strongly for, I would say, okay, let's do this. Mm -hmm. But throughout time, if all of a sudden I see that clearly you are not happy or clearly this is weighing on you, then I'll make the decision for you at that point. But that is something I feel very strongly about just because of what you said, Matthew. You have one life. You know, and and I I think if you are the person who is having the medical issues and you basically, you know, go the lengths of guilt tripping this person to stay with you because, you know, death do us part. I think that's very selfish. And I think if you truly love somebody, you're not going to want to put them through that kind of give them that burden to bear. I agree. Um, 
I think we all like to think we'd never be in a position where we choose to leave. Mm-hmm. But um, dude, it's got to be hard. I mean, if oh, somebody yeah. came to me and said, you know, like a perfectly normal person who I didn't judge at all, and they said, you know, I left my husband because he's a vegetable now. Uh-huh. I just I can't deal. I can't do it. Dude, personally, I'm I'm not gonna think any less of that person. No, I'm really I not. I would. If either. anything, I'm gonna feel sorry for that person. Uh-huh. I'll be like, that sucks. That your partner sure. is fucked up now. And, and I'll think that you're brave for admitting that. Yeah, honestly, like better to do that than to tear you and the other person up even more trying to stay. Mm-hmm. So that's ridiculous. What the original point would actually be the complete inverse of this. So not about not you know letting somebody go but more about the lever, the one that's going to leave. Uh-huh. So, uh, so is it at any point they decide they just don't want to be with someone like, you know, with that disease or whatever, does that make it okay to go? So to you, it does make it okay to go? Yes. Yeah, I think it's it's your life to live. It's okay to go. I think what's not okay would be if you have intentions of, like, playing games. Like, I'm going to leave you so that you get inspired to lose weight and so I can, you can get me back. Like if oh, you're trying right. to play that's... games or whatever, then that's not right to do I to agree. someone. Yeah. But if you just say, hey, you gained 150 pounds. I tried for a few months. I can't deal. Mm-hmm. Better than to stay with the person who you're not attracted to anymore. Right. You know what I mean? But I mean, like, if you find yourself in that situation, I mean – how do you how do you explain that to the person on the receiving end of that? Because at because the simple argument could be made, shouldn't you just love somebody for who they are? I mean, sure, the you you know one of the deciding factors of you being with that person was that you were attracted to them at the time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it goes back to my uh, example earlier of like, well, that could apply to just growing old, and you know, may, maybe you age better than your partner. Maybe your partner ages like a fucking rotten tomato. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's uh, like are we, at that are we point, being specific to looks or or could it be that Anything. what if this person you developed were really a heroin rich addiction? and now you're really really poor because you made a lot of stupid decisions and all your money is gone i don't know in, in cases like that or physicality i mean i i don't think it's right i mean if it's causing strain now let, let's say it's something like goes even deeper right so let's say you as a man you're with this woman who's gone uh who's like gained a lot of weight since mm-hmm. you guys have dated and now you physically just can't get it up for her because you are not attracted that's what i'm talking her, about right? yeah right well the the reason why i'm making that distinction is because i think there are plenty of people who you know, find themselves in that situation and can still get it up for that girl. They just may not find them physically attracted anymore. Like I said, I have found myself in those situations, but because I do still love the person, like I, I never find that issue because I'm attracted to them for other things right, at that but, point. But this client that you're talking about, this person would never be in this predicament. So we're not trying to appeal to that person who can still get it up for them and loves them. He would never leave her for not being physically attractive. He has other things invested now. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about somebody who is past this point. It's gotten to the point where it's hard for them to feel love for this person. They're not, they are not physically attracted. They cannot. I think that this happens all the time with things like clinginess. Mm -hmm. That's a big one that this happens with. You, you find someone and you're attracted to them and it goes well and then you get start dating them and you find out that they're 
in, insatiably clingy mm-hmm. and it just becomes too much and you just can't handle it. And but, it's still a person who you're attracted to and you like, but mm-hmm. the lifestyle and how they act, you just can't handle. But how long yeah. is someone dealing with knowing that someone else is incredibly clingy? Because I feel like those usually end in a short enough time yeah. where you can't say it's messed up for leaving. Because okay, I'm thinking so of one in particular. Yeah. Well, go, going back to the example of physicality <laughs> like what i'm just laughing at justin sorry but but going <laughs> going back to this example of physicality though i mean if it if it is at a point to where you can't like you can't get it up for this person you can't be intimate with this person because of the way they look well that that's not in my mind that's not just a reflection of they're not attractive anymore that to me, that's a reflection of you're not invested in the relationship anymore. Yeah, but the average person is not going to make that immediate inference. Maybe subconsciously, but, you know. But let's let's throw like one extra piece of meat into the stew. Here. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like all the examples we're talking about right now are two adults who it's just them. It's just mm-hmm. them and their partner, mm-hmm. and they've been together a long, long time. And then one of the two we've been using the example gains a lot of weight like uh-huh. 200 pounds mm-hmm. and then you leave them and we keep coming around to the consensus <laughs> of live your best life you only have so much time uh-huh. right so pretty much you can leave right mm-hmm. now let's throw in kids so now it's two people who have been together for 10 years they have two kids uh-huh. eight and four mm-hmm. that changes a lot of things. and uh one of them gains and let's make it the man. Let's not even make it about pregnancy. Let's say the the woman's in shape. She got it together. And the man gains 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. And now he's 350 pounds. Right. And uh, now, go. What do we think about that? <laughs> I would honestly react the same. Because if you are not truly doing what you think is right, which uh, or what is working best for you, what makes you the most happy, you are not doing what's best for your children. <sighs> That's hard. Yeah, and that's just how I feel. I've thought about situations like this a lot where, you know, doing it for the kids. Do kids even have the possibility? Do kids even comprehend that? Do kids even get that? Yes, the kids absolutely do. Because divorce inevitably affects children 100% of the time. Yeah. So they definitely do. That's what I'm saying. Would the kids even understand that, oh, mommy's just not attracted to daddy anymore? Or would they just be fucked up that my parents are splitting up? You know what I mean? Well, they'd be fucked up because their parents were splitting up. It always fucks them up. Right. 100%. So it's it's it becomes a lot less okay to just live your best life mm-hmm. for yourself when you have when you have kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose if you're really really concerned about how you're being viewed by your like peers or something or your community, yeah. because long term it's going to suit these children better, as long as both parents are still involved, still a two person. You know, it's single motherhood, single fatherhood that makes it hard. I see. Well, Adam, what do you think, being someone who who grew up with both parents? Well, I have a lot of personal opinions on the matter I don't really want to go into on the podcast. Oh, okay. All right, my bad. But uh, (laughs) in regards to something like... Like the person not being a... I mean, kids being in the mix, right? Yeah, yeah. It's... I mean, at some point, you know, to some level, even if either one of you are not into each other, 
you still owe it on some level to the kids mm-hmm. to give it your you know your best shot mm-hmm. you know but i mean but the problem is that we we face all the time is you know, pe- people don't share the, the the beliefs that like you I or Matthew share in regards to like health or bettering yourself just aren't beliefs that everybody shares together. So there are some people who, you know, are, are very willing to say that the reason why maybe they're less attractive or having these issues is because of the kids. Right. And you, you can't blame the kids at that point. So, I mean, like I, it really just comes down to if there's issues in a marriage or in a relationship, how much effort do you put into it before you're willing to cut the cord? Well, I mean, that's a general question to ask. But I mean, I think that because we keep working on different specific hypotheticals here, but really uh-huh. it's just coming down to how how many chances are you willing to give a person before okay. you, you break up with them? So I feel like that's circling back to your point earlier of it's a reflection of what how invested they are in the relationship. Are you invested enough to really make this weight loss a priority or to really make how you view my body uh-huh. a priority? Is that what you're saying then? I mean, yes or no. It, like I said, r- regardless on the issue, it's you know they they could have an issue that's totally unrelated to those things. But how much effort do you give in to somebody who you once claimed to be in love with before you decide that you can't take any more of it? At, at what point does it even matter? It like. So, like, if we're going with the example of you having kids, right? Right. At what point does it become more toxic to stay with your partner than it would be to leave for the children? Oh. When there's harm happening, I would say for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe it happens a little before that, oh, but I think definitely at that, that point, that's right. that's definitely a point if, if any physical harm is happening. Mm-hmm. If being with your spouse <laughs> is going to give what you feel is a healthy re- healthy example of what a relationship can look like for them in their future you should stay together if you do not have that capability you should split because i think that there is a chance a great chance that one each parent if they were to remarry has a possibility of showing that child what a healthy marriage or a healthy relationship could look like unfortunately there's also double possibility that they can see two really 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 horrible uh, relationships, but sticking with one that's most certainly <coughs> there's also the desensitization one. over time of generations upon generations growing up in families that have divorce happening. Oh, for sure. Those kids mm-hmm. become desensitized, are more prone to do it when they become adults and pass the trade right. on to their kids. But it's because they never saw toxic. what a healthy marriage looked like. Well, I don't think there's any such thing as what what we're picturing a healthy marriage. There's no perfect marriage. There's, no, but there's to your children, every it should single look perfect. One. To your children, yeah, it's a facade. Yeah, it yeah. always is. Absolutely, like you, you don't curse around them either. Know everything, and, and then yeah. you think they don't know anything, and then you go through a period where you're like, wow, they actually like know everything. Well, I think you're doing your kids a disservice if you put on a facade around them, because it's the same thing that happens with a lot of kids when they grow up watching TV and seeing these perfect picture families on TV. They go, oh, that's how it's supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. So now imagine what you're doing to these kids. If they, if you really aren't having the best relationship with your wife or husband, and but you're putting on this f- facade for kids, then they grow up, they're like you in a lot of ways. They start having these issues and they can't figure out what's wrong, why they can't have a picture family or picture perfect family like they did growing up well 
there's a lot of things you didn't know about your parents' marriage growing up that was probably for the better. That's all I'm saying is Mm -hmm. problems that are not a child's problem should not be a child's problem. So if... Oh, yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Oh, just as far as like putting on this facade like everything's all right when something may not be all right. I mean, you don't have to give your kids details. Right. But I mean, don't don't be you know lovey dovey on t- you know on each other if you guys really aren't feeling it. Like, no, I was at, just saying a healthy, points, a healthy relationship. Right. Your children should be able to emulate your relationship and feel that they're doing something healthy. Mm. You know, you should you should strive for that. No right. one's perfect, but you're not telling your children they have to be perfect either. Mm-hmm. You know, just good people. Do you think that when you make a commitment to somebody to marry them that you should? putting physical abuse aside, mm-hmm. you know, do, do you think that you get those two people should work to keep that marriage together until death do them part? No, no, no way. I mean, so then what's the point of marriage in the first place? Legal legalities. Mm-hmm. That's truly what I think it, it's about business transaction. And sometimes it really works for you and then you should get married. I believe that people can get married and have that symbolize it for them, but you shouldn't hold someone to a standard where if they marry someone when they're 18 years old and, you know, on drugs or, uh-huh. or even something else, you know, they were fresh out of a, out of a, uh, you know, relationship where the other person say died and they remarried quickly because they were lonely and didn't get to really know the person. Right. I don't think leaving <laughs> that person is immoral at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's doing anything wrong. Ideally, we would love for all marriages to last forever, but I wouldn't hold it against somebody for not really trying to stick it out. I, I think that's everyone's own journey. Yeah. I mean... I guess I just, I mean, I, I understand the legality stuff behind it. I, I get that. And the t- tax incentive. I just, I've just never understood if, if you're going to make, if you're going to get into a relationship and just kind of have that mindset that if it doesn't work out, well, I could just get a divorce at some point. Mm-hmm. I just don't see ever a point to getting married then. I don't think anyone's ever gotten <clears throat> married with that mindset. Well, I think well, when you get married not, but... I think when you get married you always think, no, this this is it. Like I can't believe I finally found the person. This is gonna be amazing. You you never think it's going to be bad. You think it might be hard, mm-hmm. but you never think it's going to be bad. But sometimes it's bad. Sometimes sure. you're you're sometimes it's just bad. Right. I think yeah. that if you don't have religious beliefs then there's very little reason to ever even get married yeah. what's the what's the point after seven years of being together at least in most states you're the legality Come part anyway, is already yeah. covered anyway for taxes and whatnot i like yeah. the romance so, of it i love I it i mean you can have just as whatever if if there's not really any sacred belief there's no religious connotation of like why you're becoming in holy matrimony with someone then mm-hmm. what's the point uh, really marriage is just a title with some symbolic jewelry it's right <laughs> it's and just flair. <laughs> yeah but i mean the legalities come with time anyway it's i don't know there's not a lot of incentive to be married really other than uh, if you're religious right well, i think if, if you're you religious are in the it military and you are going to be stationed across the world 
and you can only bring your girlfriend or your boyfriend if you're married to them. Then, yeah, then get married. I'm sure there's lots Those of specific Those are the legalities scenarios. I'm talking about. That's great. I think it's yeah. a shame if people get married just for that. That's a terrible shame. They should find another word for it or something. Because <laughs> right. at that point, there's absolutely no sanctity to being married whatsoever. Marriage is a total joke and a facade. Well, that's, yeah. Right. Well, I um, think it is. So just use it to your well, advantage. Well, I think that a lot of people and where marriage came from in the first place was a very uh, religious background, was from a spiritual place. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of religious people, marriage matters a lot. Mm-hmm. And for people who are not religious, it obviously means absolutely nothing. Because right. really, it's just a title with some bling bling. Right. You know, but where it actually matters and how it's held through all these ages mm-hmm. is because of religion. If it was just a religious thing, I I hardly think that the LBGT community would have strive, striven, striven. Striven? They just want to be equal. So Strive. hard to achieve it. And it's not just about being equal. It's, it's totally a, about it's being a, equal. It's no, about it's whatever not. it takes to get the same equal title as other That's people. That's not what it's about. It's about things like if your partner's in the hospital, their parents can go in and see them by law, but you cannot. It's legalities again. Exactly, but those are important legalities. I but, think that it's a shame to tie so many legalities to a spiritual belief. Right, but well, unless it doesn't become well, you can, if you would like, think it's a shame because you're choosing to look at it from a spiritual side. But if you're not looking at it at all from a spiritual side, it still has value, just not spiritual value. Yeah, it just becomes like doing taxes or anything else. It's just I don't know. Personally, I I look at it from a religious standpoint, right. my belief system, and that's a shame that mm-hmm. people have done that to it. So if you found yourself in a marriage and you felt that the marriage like wasn't working out for whatever reason, would you stick through it just because of religious belief? Yeah, if there's no physical harm happening, um, that's what I've been taught. And that's stick the example out. I've always seen. That's what my parents did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I also don't think I'll ever get married, though. Right. Not just being a young person saying that, but truly, I have I have very little interest unless I found, like Justin said, unless I found Disneyland. Right. You know what I mean? I wouldn't ever get married. Good. Everybody, just because, everyone because, should um, wait for Disneyland. Thank it, you. It does mean so much to me that mm-hmm. I would probably, even if I found someone, I would just be with them for a long time. Right. I would avoid the marriage part because I'm just not good with commitment. And uh-huh. it would really break my heart personally to to get a divorce mm-hmm. just well, because of my, my beliefs. I think getting a divorce is always a very clear indication of a failed marriage. And I don't yeah. think anybody wants to be associated with a failed um, marriage. For sure. I don't even think that has to be religious, but I think that you should be able to look at marriage from a religious standpoint and that should be completely respected as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. As somebody who claims that they are currently in love, Justin, yes. is love work? Should love be work? Um, <laughs> so in a perfect world, no, love should not be work, you know, but I mean, it is what it is, right? There are certain things you're willing to do for it. And I feel like you'll know where those limits are. Um, love for me this past, say, few weeks has been uh, work. It has definitely been work, but it's not like I didn't think it merited the work. It was like, you know, sometimes 
Sometimes you are, you really hate the fact that you have to do it because you shouldn't have to do it and it's not your fucking priority and it's not your, you know, your problem. But sometimes you're like, well, it is what it is. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I think that relationships are work. Like not to be, I'm, it's not that I'm splitting hairs here about the word we're using. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. It, it actually matters. It's, I think that to say love is work is wrong. It's relationships and being consistent with another human being is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And if anything, I think love truly is the force that keeps you willing to do that work mm-hmm. over and over and over. Yes. You know what I mean? I will absolutely um, say that. If the love goes away, there's no point in doing the work anymore. Right. You know what I mean? And I think truly, as much as you can fall in love, you really can just wake up one day and fall out of love. But what do you guys think about that? Do you think that it really can be like a switch? That is a <clears throat> major like phobia of mine because like you're really afraid of that happening well i'm afraid of the possibility because it's not something that anyone ever wanted oh no exactly. even the person it happened to might not want it mm-hmm. oh I, I think that's usually the case i mm-hmm. think people wish they could still be in love with somebody they know? probably try to force themselves to be exactly so that's a huge fear of mine because in sign sound mind and body i know that that could never happen right but if there's ever a variable in there that no one could ever predict and no one knew how to react to, then there could be a switch. <laughs> Dude, I think it can happen. I oh, think yeah. that just like anything else, not not to be silly, but to relate it to your favorite, you could fucking love strawberries. Mm-hmm. And then one day you just, and you're just fucking sick of them. Yeah. Or you just don't like malt balls anymore. Or, mm-hmm. and I think it's true with anything you can. I don't think it happens often, you know, but some people really do just find themselves in the situation where it's a struggle because they've built this life and they don't want to destroy this life, but their feelings really have just changed. Well, and I I think the reason why that happens to anyone is because I think, you know, love's greatest enemy is the mundane. So I think what happens to a lot of people when they get into these relationships with these people that they claim they're in love with mm-hmm. is they get into it and then what do they do? They're like, okay, I'm done, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's no more to, you know, keep keep up with my, you know, done putting effort hygiene, yeah. physical, you know, because I found somebody, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's what ends up killing a lot of relationships. Because either way, let's say both of you decide, okay, we're done, you know, and you're just kind of going about the motions, you know, day per day, you know, day by day. Well, you know, at some point, you know, both of you are going to get in your own lulls and that's going to cause tension between you. Or, you know, the worst thing can happen and somebody keeps growing and the other person gets left behind. Mm-hmm. And the relationship really goes downhill fast from there. I think it's important to, you know, meet somebody whom you're kind of at the same spot in your lives with because at that point you guys end up growing together rather than somebody just as i said getting left behind what do you guys think about like meeting people meeting the right person at the wrong time so Uh, like let's say you meet the right person but you uh guys are young and Mm -hmm. you don't drive yet and you live across town and it just never ends up working but now life goes on and you've left that perfect person in the dust because of a stipulation in your life. Do you think that 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 just means they weren't really the right one because the right one would never come to you at that time? Or do you think that you really pass up the right one sometimes because of where you are? Well, 
it's a tough question to answer because I would I would say that if you go the rest of your life and you never meet somebody whom you feel as strongly about as that person that you felt you got left behind, well then Yes, that person was the one and you just met them at the wrong time. But I think what happens... Why would life do that, though? That's so shitty of life to do that. Well, I I, th- I think it's just a matter of there are just so many people in this world that it's everybody just, meeting just that person, yeah. It's or, because you deserved it. You think so, really? You think it's karma? I don't think it's karma, but I think everyone is where they deserve to be. It's the choices you made earlier in your life. If you met somebody, but you were in a deep state of you know, alcoholism and, you know, then you got sober and you were never able to find them again. You deserve that. You put yourself in a position where you were not at the right place at the right time. So, well, I mean, I don't think that's fair because we're, well, what if you're not the one with the issue though? What if, what if you're, I mean, what if neither one of you have an issue? It's just simply because you guys just met the wrong, maybe one person's still in college and the other person's been out of college for three years, something as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Or one person you're going into college and you guys have a great relationship and one person decides that they need two years to go party. So what's the question? Why do you deserve that? Or why, why does life do that? Well, you, you said if it doesn't work out, then it's because you deserve it. Yeah. Well, it could be something good. It could be something bad, but I just feel like everyone is getting exactly what they needed to have at that moment. No one's ever been broken up with or broke up with somebody and didn't know exactly what they could do better or do differently. You always can figure that out. You always go, fuck, well, I should have done this or gosh, I should have. No, I don't think that's true. I don't agree. I think most of the time, I think sometimes you're truly blindsided by it. I think sometimes and then afterward, you, you, think, you still what the just happened? have no clue what you could have done differently or what they could have done differently. Yeah, sometimes it's out of your power. Sometimes people make choices for you. And yeah, it's but shitty, but it happens. But that, that's if that's the case, and that's a horrible person who did it, then that is what you deserve. But the thing is that's, that, you're, that you're, you're, it's going to do you better. But the thing is that doesn't. I don't think that necessarily equates to there was something differently you could have done in the relationship. <clears throat> I think it's just natural, natural causation of what happens to you when you're, you know, in this case, broken up with. You know, you're, you're automatically going to make, what the fuck did I do wrong? And you're going to keep asking yourself that question until you're able to answer it for yourself. Because that, that the whole, like, did you deserve it question or statement or not completely goes out the window if you stay with that person, you know? But what if part of that person's journey is they need to go do something with their life and you can't be a part of that? And yeah. because of that, you don't get a choice. They make the mm-hmm. choice for you because they need to go I do what they need to do. I think you guys, okay, I think the word deserve might be a little harsh. Well, there's only the one way. definition. So, yeah. what context are you using it? Or it's the right thing to happen to you. Because this, the question, okay, backtrack. Uh-huh. The question uh-huh. is, how could life let that happen? Yeah. So, okay. originally, I asked, do you think that you can meet the right person in the wrong time? And Adam agreed that, yeah, that can happen. And I agree also. And I said, how could life let you meet the right person at the wrong time? And That's what shitty. I'm saying is They weren't the right person. Either they weren't the right person or you had to learn something about that missed opportunity. Yeah, I mean, at, at least I do enjoy the comfort of thinking it's a lesson. That mm-hmm. does comfort me a little. At least it's not meaningless then. Right. You know what I mean? To think that that there's a lesson behind it, it, just, it does bring some comfort. At, 
in mid thirties, I'm not like necessarily old. Someone in their fifties could listen to this and think you're an idiot, you know, but I've just looked back and uh, I've always felt that something happened to me in order to set me up in a different way. There's a lot of things I wish I could have done differently, but 99% of those things that I wish I could have done differently would have stopped me from meeting. Did any of know, those things take you a really, really long time to figure out? Yes. Like, was there like years, like 10 plus years where you, some of those things you were like, I don't know why that happened to me. I can't figure it. And then it, you just ended up figuring it out after time. I mean, they're all different. But yes, I've had one thing that took me 10 years about to figure out, all right, let Wait, it go. For, while you were going through it, you didn't, you, you just thought it wasn't fair. You're like, why would life do this? Yeah. Okay. Course. So I think people have those moments. So what you're saying is as, as an older person, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years older than me, there, there comes a point with all of those where if you chew on them long enough, you do, you cope with them after a while. Yeah. Well, I mean... I'm assuming that something redeeming happens in someone's life. I mean, there's the extreme, right? Mm -hmm. Why did life let this happen to me? And then you just keep getting getting shat on forever and you never catch a break until you die. Okay, sure. You know, like. But I mean, after a certain point, you understand all the things that have happened to you. Yeah. And you you find some meaning in them is what you're saying. Okay. Well, that's reassuring. As as a younger person, as someone who's twelve years younger, that's very reassuring. Because I still have things in my life that have happened to me that mm-hmm. I guess I'm still chewing on. That in my mind, it seems like there's no good reason why that would happen. It, I talk about self love a lot, um, and I feel like once you discover self love, you figure out why everything happened and why it had to happen like that. I think I think too in regards to meeting somebody at the wrong you know at the wrong time or at the right time I I don't think that there's just one person out there for all of us. Oh, totally. I agree you with know, that completely. I would say too. you know let let's say the entire just for scaling let's just say the entire world's population is a thousand people you right, know and right. I believe there's you know 50 of those people you're compatible there. enough with to call them the one and be happy yeah, and with, be happy you know, i agree absolutely. i agree and i think what ends up happening through our lives when we get into different relationships is i think we meet different ones uh-huh. and the only reason why you're able to make it work with that one at that time is simply because you guys met at the right moment whereas if you guys met two years down the line relationship may not have ever happened you know mm-hmm. i there For are sure. definitely girlfriends whom i re- reconnect with now who i dated years ago who you know i'm still friends with but i definitely look at them and go if i met you now this it would have never happened between us and that's right. why i also believe that there are, are different kinds of love and i've mentioned this before mm-hmm. you know i'll never love somebody the same way i loved the first girlfriend the second girlfriend so on and so forth so i think it's just one of those if you keep those kind of things in mind of you know i met this person it didn't work out it must have been the wrong time maybe they were you know one of the ones but i think dwelling on the fact that you let that one get away you're going to be you're going to miss all the opportunities that come your way in the future if you just decide that that person was it and now you're missing out on all these other variations and spectrum of love that you could have had or felt beforehand that now you're now that now you're denying yourself. And I don't think that's fair to anybody. Yeah, especially not anybody person. that you Yes, yeah, especially not anybody <clears throat> after the fact. Mm-hmm. You're comparing it to to one thing. 
do you think you have to choose between love and success ultimately yes like i know you can have a little bit of both but like true love or true success do you have to choose i think at first yes i mean monetary success by the way i think those oh okay yeah i i think those are two things that are very hard to sustain together I think it's either you're in love with somebody and you both grow together to be successful people or you work on yourself becoming successful and then you allow love into your life. You almost have to like fall in love with someone or fall in love with yourself. Kind of, yeah. As vain as that sounds. But that's why I also think it's important to, especially in our young years, to be selfish because too many people, I think... Their end goal is to just meet somebody and start a family. Well, what does that mean, though? That means you meet somebody and you're like, okay, I'm done. And we just talked about that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's toxic. Right. Whereas Super. if you're if you're on a path in the woods and you keep deviating, you know, and there's a light at the end of the tunnel on the path that you're on, but you keep deviating off the path to go meet, you know, girls or a guy, well, you're it's going to take you longer to get that that end result and you're you're never going to get there but if all of a sudden you're on this path and now here comes a girl coming right up next to you walking around along that same path well it's gonna be a longer lasting relationship because now you guys get to walk the path together instead of deviating from the path and being like okay well we're gonna try this way over here so now you're getting off your path to go on to somebody else's and that's why does it why does why does I've never been under the impression that you have to choose between one or the other or that they were ever difficult to sustain together. Here, let me reword it a little bit because I know you're having trouble with it here. So as let's say as a young person up and coming, let's say you're 20 years old, okay? Do you have to choose when you're a young person who is establishing themselves in life? Do you have to choose between seeking out love and having that path in life or seeking out fame and fortune and having that path in life okay and can the so, two paths intermediate what are we talking about like over 150 grand success dude we're talking about could beyonce have been beyonce if she met a boy in high school and fell in love with him and had two kids that's what i'm talking about oh do you have to choose between love and family okay. or in success or can you have both sorry i was singing it from a very realistic like super success famed him famed him oh can you achieve that level? No. While you being in love? You cannot. No. Absolutely not. No way, right? Not. No. You need to be in love with your career and, yeah, find love when you're there because that's when it's going to be hardest to maintain love. I, so, I agree. Yeah. I think that in a young person's life, whether male or female, they end up making a choice, subconsciously or not, mm-hmm. of my life's going to be about me or my life's going to be about me and someone else. Mm-hmm. Personally. What do you think, Adam? I was just going to say, because, I mean, I was looking at it from a much lower scale. I'm like, nah, dude, when you get married, you have two incomes. (laughs) And everyone's a lot more comfortable. We're thinking grand here. Okay, never mind. I was definitely (laughs) missing the boat there because I'm thinking just, okay, so, like, enormous success. Enormous success. Okay. Do you think, in order, this is going to kind of be out of the box, but I've thought about it a lot. Do you think that in order to find true love, whatever true love means to you, the individual, do you think in order to find true love, the key to finding it is to not look for it? Yes. Absolutely. So do you think that if you're constantly looking for that, you're never going to find it? Absolutely. And you're going to find a whole bunch of garbage along the way. Mm. You're going to find a lot of uh, fool's gold. Mm. 
because you're just hoping it's that you're hoping it's that you know what i mean like we've we've touched upon this in a number of different ways mm. um and i just feel like i'm going to circle back one more time to self-love because if you're really trying to develop yourself, mm-hmm. you're not looking out for anything else and you're going to meet the best kind of person because they are going to be doing the same thing. Mm. So, yeah, I going out and looking for it, I have found is one way to absolutely destroy the possibility. However, I have a friend, close friend of mine. We went to college together. She went on Match.com. Uh-huh. And matched with the with the guy the first one mm-hmm. went on a date with them after the next day and they are married and this was a very long time ago <laughs> and they have a child and he's beautiful and they own a home so i mean that goes against anything i ever would have thought mm-hmm. okay but she was looking he was looking they found immediately and it was perfect mm. okay so is it true for everybody nah Match.com doesn't sponsor us, by the way. No, but that was pretty incredible. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty incredible. Mm. So I think that's defying a lot of odds myself. I definitely think you should 0% be looking for love, not avoiding love. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to be really sexually active and not looking for love, do it that way. Who knows? You might find someone that really makes things work for you. So I agree to a little slightly lesser. I agree that it's very difficult to force it, uh-huh. almost impossible. But that doesn't well, mean you shouldn't I'm try. I'm not saying to force it. I'm but just to find it, to, like to go, go out and seek and, and find it. I do yeah. not think you should try. Personally. I think you should try. I think you should at least try. Mm-hmm. If you're in a if you're in a stable place in your life, and you feel like the only thing that you need to add on to the top rising is love, then you should go out and seek it. You should go try to live your best life. Mm-hmm. But I do 100% agree that good luck. You're not, it's very, very difficult. You have to be very, very lucky to yeah. um, force or just stumble across, like to, to seek it out and find mm-hmm. it. I think the healthiest relationships are total accidents. Yeah. Well, that that yes. was why I asked the question because, I mean, when I think back to the, the serious relationships I've had over the years, you know, the, the, every serious relationship I've been in happened with girls whom I wasn't trying to, you know, that, find dude, that always at the happens. time. Yeah. Every girl I've ever been with, truly, just shows is, up. Is right? a girl looking back on it where you think I never ever thought I'd be with her. Yeah, she's not a girl who I had a, cr- a particular crush on mm-hmm. before I found out she liked me. It wasn't a girl I seeked out. It was I did nothing. Well, they stumbled across me and picked me. To, to me, it wasn't. There hasn't been a lot of them, but that's how they've all right. gone. Well, like in my experiences, <laughs> it wasn't even a uh, like a sense of like. This girl's like totally like like I wouldn't you know have ever like dated her type of thing. It's just like but like they'll just all of a sudden like and it's always at the times when I'm not looking. You know the all of a sudden it's like oh perfect example. Uh, you remember the girl I dated when I was living in Los Angeles? Yes, I do. Okay, uh-huh. so her she I met. Lovely. She was a very lovely. She girl. was lovely. Oh, but uh, she very was, beautiful. I might add. Yes, very beautiful. But she, uh, but she was a girl whom I met, and I wasn't looking for anybody at the time. 
you know, very much last thing. You know, you're actually on my very head. trying to avoid that. Yes, exactly. And then all of a sudden, I had a friend who I worked on a film set with who was just like, "Hey, I have a friend moving down to Los Angeles and just needs, you know, a, a contact down there." And I was like, "Oh, well, I'll be that contact. <laughs> I'll be the contact." And then I met her, and then like four days later, we were dating, and we lasted for quite a while. You know, but like, you know, totally unexpected, wasn't looking for it. And I can, and there's similar stories for, you was know, the other two. I imagine uh, her as a brunette. She was a brunette. She was. <laughs> I know what you like. So now there's, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so now she, you know, but she was somebody who, who just came, you know, just came out of nowhere. And I can, for the other two serious relationships that I've had were always similar stories. It yeah. was, it was never looking, particularly the first one, like who I was in a, my, my first, like my first love, right. Was during a time when I was in high school, like two years up before meeting her, I was like, like, Oh, I really just want a girlfriend. Da, da, right? right. And I, I'm telling you, I like made this decision one day of, Fuck it, I'm gonna be single. Fuck all you bitches, right? And then a month later, I met her, and then mm-hmm. we were dating, and it was like one of my longest lasting relationships. So it's it's just I mean that's why I asked that question. It was just my experiences and from my beliefs, as same as you, Justice. I, I truly think in order to find somebody, you 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 can't be looking no, for it. I think that you it, it is your obligation because mm-hmm. I agree you can't you can go look for it, but it's your obligation to put yourself in situations where you're going to find the kind of person that you want to be with. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't want if you want a nice stand up guy, then don't go walking around prisons. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like just to be totally outrageous, but right. it is it's your obligation to to put yourself in a place where you're have a better chance of finding the person that you want to be with. I think the way to look at it is always put yourself in amazing places. Yeah, and you'll find amazing people, right? Yeah. Yeah, There you go. I I just think you should focus on making yourself as interesting and cool and different and, and, you know, passionate and whatever as possible. And inevitably, those types of people will be in there. You know, there was a joke when I lived in the West Side, Los Angeles, there's a Whole Foods there. Good old Whole, Whole Foods. Whole Foods is okay. great. There is a Whole Foods, and it's the biggest Whole Foods on the West Coast. It's an enormous Whole Foods. There's like raw food uh, cafes inside this Whole Foods. Okay? Of course there is. Sounds lovely. So it wasn't bad. I was into it. So the joke was, if you wanted to get a boyfriend, just put on some nice clothes and walk around inside Whole Foods. And that's just like it's an exaggerated version of what you were yeah. saying, you know. Put yourself where the people are that you want to be with. Exactly. So, but shouldn't it be like, just make sure you do your shopping at Whole Foods? Should it really be go walk around Whole Foods and pretend like you're shopping? Hey, you got to do something with your day. If you're shopping at Whole Foods, it means you're well off. You got to do something. Not if you're walking around it. <laughs> that's why everyone's skinny because you have to pay $80 for four things. Right. And that has to last you till you get paid. Well, you're not wrong. We were just talking earlier about how expensive it is to live in Los Angeles and what else. Who was talking about that? Oh, maybe you weren't here. I was uh, talking about it. Do you have a problem with that? Uh, well, you, you wouldn't know because you've never like been there. I know pretty much everything about everything. Have you oh. met me before? <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> we were talking about it with our guest from Los Angeles. Well, I was talking about it with like 70 plus hours of footage of this guy talking. 
Trust me, I Damn. know. Oh, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note. On that note. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to us talk about love today. As as you can probably tell for listening to these podcasts, we have a lot of opinions when it comes to love. So you'll probably hear us talk about it more again. So I hope you fucking enjoy it. If you don't, I don't care. We're going to do it anyway. We're going to do it anyway. I'm sorry. I got angry. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Follow us on all the social media platforms. We have a Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash hardly millennial. Thank you. Love, love. Thank you. Love you. Any final thoughts, Matthew? Thanks for joining us today, Justin. It was a good one. It It was was an honor once again. We'll see you guys tomorrow. (sighs) Bye. Bye.